It's almost like when you're living with someone, you don't know if they're losing weight or gaining weight because you kind of see them every single day. Yeah. You were playing with fire there for a bit, but... Why? You were playing with fire. Why? You like, what? You're like, oh, yeah, the person you live with, you're not sure if they're losing or gaining weight. I was like... Ooh. This, I know this... my person's gaining weight. That's all I know. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, but fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But in any other situation, uh, I was like... This wait, man, wait, wait. This man sleeping clear. on the couch. <laughs> this man sleeping on the couch today. I, I should clarify. What's up, guys? It's the PT ones. How you doing? How, How you everyone? doing? How you doing? How you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good. How are you? I'm tired. I'm I'm just using my last five brain cells. That's to, the perfect time to pump out the content. I feel like that's when you lose the filter. <laughs> you know, I, I like it. Sometimes, like when, personally, when I have when I'm thinking too much about it, that's when yeah. I'm. I always go like shit. Like I wish I just dropped the act. But I feel like when you're when you're tired or at the end of the day, there's no filter. It's the best best conversation. Yeah. No, I mean I hope so. I mean. Even when the filter is off, then I guess we have the editing, right? <laughs> exactly. Just in case, just in case. Just in case, exactly. So yeah, guys, today is a bit of a catch-up episode where we're just we're just talking about where we've been at lately, you know? Um, yeah. For me, it's, uh, I think for Uli too, it's been, uh, it's been over a year now that we've been working and we're yes, in the I process of... I think I made it. Yeah, we we made it so far. No lawsuits yet. No mistakes yet. Not yet. People are still walking. Yeah, it's all good. I think, I think people are getting better under our care. Yeah, I hope so. Or at least they're they're still coming. So something's going well, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. How how's it been for you since it's been a year now? Like, how do you feel? It's been a year. Yeah, it's so it's weird, crazy. man. Mm-hmm. Um, one year into practicing as a physio. Physio resident, Capper, don't come after me. Um, it's been good, man. Um, there was this, like the way that I kind of reflect on the past year is uh, the first couple, couple months, three months, I felt like the same way I kind of felt in, I want to say the first year of like our masters, where I mm-hmm. kind of had a little bit of the, oh, like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like the imposter syndrome was like really like, on yeah. the surface mm-hmm. um, but I was acting like I was really confident and I was overly confident to kind of put that mm-hmm. imposter away of course um, then I want to say like the f- middle like three to six months I started feeling like I, I genuinely didn't know anything but I was comfortable in that mm-hmm. you know, start, I started becoming a little bit more comfortable in the fact that I don't know much um Hmm. like i do understand the value that i bring to the table but there's so much out there man it Mm -hmm. is such a diverse set of thought processes and different systems and all these things that are out there where i'm like there's no way i'm allowed to know any of this um maybe i might not even know it properly for the rest of my life but at least in the first year i shouldn't know all this Um, yeah and then when when i got comfortable with that then the three months that kind of followed like my last quarter i want to say um i started really understanding like general principles like understanding that like the one exercise that i prescribe to my patients or the two exercises doesn't have to be like top of the line like most exercises in general are pretty good it's going to encourage people amazing i uh, go from not moving as much to moving in a more meaningful way to try to solve the issues Yo. that they feel yes yeah and on top of that um i started focusing a lot more on things like okay like if a certain aspect of your life is not going so well let's say mentally like you're very like overwhelmed it doesn't matter what exercise they give you you gotta mm-hmm. find ways to address that first and i might not be the expert there but yeah i'm starting to understand that like i'm identifying barriers that might be bigger in people's lives that is in yeah impeding their ability to move so if i remove those barriers 
then maybe they can see that they can actually move. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and it doesn't have to be, oh, like I'm so technically inclined, but it's, yeah. it's becoming more and more generalized. As, it's like a push-pull for me. Like I go generalize mm-hmm. and then I kind of go like, oh, like I find this very interesting. You know? Same, exact, exact same progression. That's crazy that you said that because that's actually exactly what I've been reflecting on myself. Like when I first started, it was like, you only really know the general, right? So you're giving the basics. You have your one or two go-tos that you kind of sort of tailor for the person. But then there's so many different sources of knowledge. So we take a, take a couple courses here and there. You get that person's way of clinical thinking. And then... Um, you go on Instagram and you go and get into some more niche populations and maybe you get into some sports physio specific uh, information there. Maybe you go into some specific mobility work on and, and extract some principles from there. Yeah. So for me, like the months four to seven was just experimentation. I would learn something off even maybe even instagram because there's some really good practitioners on there right i've learned something kind of more complex on instagram and i, I would instantly think of like a patient oh this is going to work really well with that acl guy at this stage and i'm going to try it tomorrow right i'd write it down and then i'd go and try it out and maybe it would be good maybe it would be a disaster yeah. and i said okay i still know that but i'm not going to do it on them right yeah. so yeah. it almost turned into a wave of becoming complex but then after that when when you're kind of done with that experimentation you still end up developing certain go-to's so yeah. it goes between those waves of simple complex back to simple and i feel like that's kind of what's going to happen in general like throughout the career i think it's a good way to keep it systematic i feel like it's been good yeah and that and that's that's like what you said about Instagram was so interesting because I feel like Instagram is just like if I, if there was like a way that I can cite my work, I would just be citing a bunch of pages <laughs> on Instagram. Um, so bad, but it's true. But that's how I feel. Like I see, that's where I was saying like there's so much like information out there in the world yeah. where you can easily like kind of access and try to plug and play. And then you realize when you plug and play certain things, it doesn't work. But sometimes when you do it, it works like a mat. It's it works like magic. You're like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is kind of weird. Um, yeah. What I'm realizing is that um, when I'm doing that, I'm um, I'm kind of adding more tools to my toolbox. And yeah. then when I open my toolbox, I'm like, do I really need all these things? Right? Like, what do I really need mm. as a physio? Like, th- those are the things that I'm constantly like. It's always push pull all the time. Yeah. Um, as it comes to this kind of uh, like that's that's how I. Think. You know what that reminds. It's kind of interesting. So recently, this is, this is an interesting analogy, right? But recently, I started doing martial arts again. Oh, nice. And in the classes, we learn lots of complicated of Muay Thai. So it's, uh, okay. it's like kickboxing, but traditional Thai style. So we're throwing elbows, knees, all that stuff, right? So, so you're like Tony Jaa. No, not at all, bro. Um, you know who that is? <laughs> I, I do, but... I ain't like that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, in the classes, we train all these like complex, like spinning back fists and shit, right? But I remember clearly, specifically, this one lesson at the end of it. The, the person was telling me, um, I was talking to the instructor, and he was saying, you know what? Honestly, in a real fight, and when people get to like that main fighting professional level, yeah. they're really relying on the basics, like jab like the jab punch the cross punch and like the leg kick and they're just Mm. the way that they're setting it up they're using traps and manipulation to just make those basic hits land like they're not throwing all the fancy stuff all the time that's not how they're winning fights right they're using the fundamentals and they're using that to get the point across and they just slightly tailor it in each situation and i'm sure as a person who's into who plays basketball and has played basketball his whole life I feel like it's the exact same thing there, right? Like, yeah. it's very similar. Like, obviously, you add things to the toolbox. You have those, like, you see those people hitting those crazy, like, spinning Cross- fadeaways and crossovers and all that, like, oh, they're, that intense handling. But they're only able to even access those in flow with the basics being so yes. good. Like, the, they're just so good at that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's how I see this field. That's how I'm starting to see it, too. 
So, you know? okay, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. Okay, so like, what is your simple jab, cross, punch right now? Like in, in physio. In the land, yeah, in the landscape of physio. Yeah. yeah, it goes into like things that are that we learn in school. Like yeah. the basics of tendinopathy. We're, we're managing the load. We're reducing the load in one place for a specific period of time in a certain situation. And we're increasing the body's capacity to handle load. That applies to every tendon and honestly a lot of connective tissue in the body right so all those progressions apply everywhere right so let's say it's a quad tendinopathy maybe you're starting with reduced load at the same time give them some exercises that they can handle maybe some isometrics some like wall sits or something then slowly start to introduce concentric eccentric range of like motion with that then you add weight maybe you add decline then you start you know adding in some little plyos maybe at the same time you're working stability like that works with everything everything right mm. similarly if there's a mobility issue we have our little you know we have some certain contract relax techniques we have p rom those like technical things that we learn in school like those are very basic things right yeah but you yeah. combine that then you start to get them to actively own that range of motion then you start to incorporate certain skills that are relevant to their life and sport with that mobility and then boom now they're owning that range of motion so those are like the the basics but yeah. we didn't we actually didn't really need a course for that you know yeah and that kind of takes me back to school where everyone was telling us you don't need to go running into courses you can use them but at the end of the day, you're probably only going to take like one thing from each course and add it to your toolbox. And that's going to depend on how good your fundamentals are. Yeah. No, I I, I like that. Um, where you kind of just... The reason why I asked that question is because like, it's... Like like you said, like there's... I'm sure there's levels to like Muay Thai also. And there's like certain levels that we kind of see in physio too. And like we talked about a bunch of times like what we see is considered important in our field in terms of what courses to take and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, right? So we have certain things that we see as progression, but it's like, what are the basic fundamentals Mm. that we should live by that we can apply not only as physios, but like across the board, right? Like your example makes so much sense. Like just having an understanding of what tendon health is. Tendon health is an important concept, right? Like you say, um, the the optimal loading is an interesting idea right like mm-hmm. something that like i try to teach my patients is now getting outside of the thought process that okay like this exercise is painful because you're let's just say it's some sort of a shoulder pain like oh i feel pain right right here when i bring my arm up like this it hurts i can't really put on my clothes etc etc mm-hmm. then we give them an isometric exercise like oh that hurts a bit then the first thought is I'm hurting myself, right? Mm. Um, and so having that basic understanding of how the tendon health works, it teaches the patients right away that, look, pain might be something that might stay in your life forever. Not to say that that pain should, it's not, mm. it's not that, it's, it's that we have to get out of the mindset of, okay, my pain is the thing that's limiting me from doing everything. Mm-hmm. You have to instead get into the mindset of, okay, my pain's there. Do I have strategies to bring it down? And two, can I do the things that are meaningful to me that I think is is interfered by pain? Um, and instead, I find ways to do those things without pissing off my joints or whatever it is, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if the thought process is, my pain is there, therefore I can't move my shoulder, that means that roughly for about a few weeks, you won't do anything that you like to do. Right, like you, yeah. it'd be hard for you to put on your clothes. It might be hard for you to shower. It might be hard for you to lift your child. Like these mm. things won't happen, but yeah. that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, that's a huge fundamental in physio too, addressing yeah. beliefs. Right, like that's such an underrated. Like you said it a couple of times already, but that's such a underrated fundamental skill yeah. that doesn't require any additional training or any fancy band you know those it's not a fancy highlight reel exercise you see on instagram but it's probably the thing that's going to have the most benefit like you you, you've probably had those patients too who like for 40 years 
I this one person the other day, like they had arthritis, right? They have arthritis, and they literally told in the, me where like in the... knee, sorry, a knee, a knee osteoarthritis, right? And they were telling me that for forty years of their life, they've thought that they have a certain amount of knee bends that they are able to do before the knee starts degrading. Like a time, like a, like a counter. <laughs> like if I do this many knee bends, as soon as I hit like my millionth knee bend, I'm fucked. Like I have, I, I'm gonna, my knee's done. <laughs> like, and I was, and I said, okay, why do you? I was, I was like, I, I didn't laugh, but I was just, I was just well, curious. It sounds ridiculous, but like we laughed it off. Like we made it, we made it humorous, right? But I asked them like yeah. exactly what made you adopt that belief, and yeah. they said because, for example, when you have your car. You have a certain amount of mileage after which Same you thing. need a you need a oil change and then after that the the car's transmission starts out you have to change you have to send it for repairs yeah. and you have to get a new car and then i literally just me change like telling them that we are not cars like we're not machines we actually do better when we put our body on a consistent basis through a certain amount of intensity of the task we're trying to build resiliency towards right mm, okay. even just explaining that slowly like i give the example of let's say you just randomly decide to do a 15k marathon it's not a marathon like a half i don't even know what a half marathon is i think it's about 23 kilometers but let's say let's say like tomorrow yeah, it is no it is there's people out there in the world that do that stuff eh? bro there's people out here doing 100 milers bro bro i know like it's, it's crazy i, I applaud, like if we're resisting and you guys have ran any form of any marathon even if it's past two kilometers good for you I don't know how you guys do it. It's crazy, man. They're crazy. But let's say tomorrow me and you decided to do that, right? Yeah. Randomly do a 23 kilometer. Like we're going to be in pain, right? Cuz we haven't practiced that. But let's say yeah. we took a couple months and we decided to train and then we'd probably be okay, right? So that's what I was explaining to them. And he was saying, actually, matter of fact, you're right. My uh, my son trained for a marathon and, you know, he got in shape and he was able to do it. So I, I kind of see your point. And then he started doing the exercises and then that totally changed everything. That changed the course of all of it. Mm. Right. So yeah. it was just, it was crazy. Like, that's a great, fun. that's a huge fundamental for sure. Yeah. No, I think, okay, like to push back on you a little, though, like mm -hmm. I would argue that. We aren't necessarily machines, but we are kind of like cars. Now, the reason why, like, uh, bear with me here. I'm not trying to say it like we have a countdown until we freaking rust and die away or something. Mm -hmm. But if if you look at a car, right? It's not just one car. It's not one universal car. There's many types of cars, right? There's like a, mm -hmm. a like a like a hatchback. There's an SUV, a minivan, a sports car, a luxury car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. they're different cars i would say that there's different body types mm -hmm. right that can do certain things most part most cars could do similar things but some cars are better suited to do certain things better right? fair enough yeah um the other part of it is when you do make it go through mileage depending on how fast you do it you can have certain parts falling off an example could be a sports car that you drive a lot but you drive you're like maxing it out let's say it's an athlete for example mm -hmm. who's playing five six times a week and they're trying to go at the highest level to like a pro level like hockey or baseball or basketball we know how many issues their joints have mm -hmm. primarily the the knees for basketball players primarily the elbows and the shoulders for baseball players so mm -hmm. those are the parts that kind of require more maintenance now as it pertains to the general population if you drive like a minivan or something like for a long period of time, there is a certain point where things are falling off a bit more. So if you don't take mm -hmm. care of that car well, like a vintage car, like a Mustang, like 1967 Mustang, where you make sure you do all the oil changes, you do, you, as soon as the car is off a little, you tweak it and make sure that it's good. Then there might be things that kind of show up a little later that you're like, oh crap, the car is falling apart. Like, if the rust starts, you don't take care of the rust, okay, like, it's going to keep building. Yeah. I agree with the idea that we need regular maintenance, but we're different from cars in the sense that our actual parts can adapt depending on the loads we put on it. Like, mm. the, the car, when by driving it, we're not necessarily changing the quality of the engine. 
but we're definitely going to change the quality of our bone density and muscle mass and mm. tendon health and resilience by exposing it to the things we're putting it towards. But maybe then we can think about it in terms of the maintenance for maybe maintenance for a car is to replace a part. Maybe the maintenance for us is to expose the part in moderation to the mm. stimulus it needs to adapt to. Because that that's the big thing with us is like if a car's fucking muffler falls off or whatever, we gotta put it back on, right? But for us, if we break a bone, we just put it into a setting where it can heal optimally and then the body will heal itself. That's a big difference. So in some ways there's similarities, but in some ways we can oft use the differences that are there and we can use them to our advantage. And then, you know what, like you were saying about the similarities too between us and machines, regular maintenance, even just explaining the fact that you don't necessarily need to wait until you are injured. If you're already feeling certain things happening that are telling you something's wrong, Maybe it's yeah. time to come in for some of the, that maintenance. So even those things are, and that's we're seeing that more and more now in the field, where people are coming early, earlier than before, saying, "Hey, I'm having this issue. Um, it's not that bad, but what is?" It? And then all of a sudden, you found out that oh, your knee's hurting a bit, but I actually think it's because of this issue in your hip. Yeah. And boom, now we can fix it before it even gets worse, right? No, of course. I think um, the tough part about it though is that. I, I constantly have battled with this is a big topic in my head um, I would say like last month where I was thinking about this quite a bit where um, we have to constantly f feel like like I keep saying come before the injury happens like you gotta prehab you know you gotta make sure you're addressing the issues before they become an issue kind of thing mm -hmm. like, like I always say it and the patients always say yes no you're right I should I should I should I should it's my body I value it etc 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 but why does no honestly I don't want to say no one but I want to say most people why don't they why don't they come right my myself included like we're just people we're just people man we're just yeah. humans with, with we all do it we're just it's just hard life's hard it's busy there's so many priorities and I feel like when bills and other like appoint other appointments and things like that jump up, then it's very hard to prioritize something that is an issue yet, which is not the best thing to do, but we all do it, right? It's yeah. tough. For yeah. sure. Like we like for us, we're in the field. That's what I think about sometimes. Like we're in the field, so it's so important for us. Like it's so I would argue that in a way it's easy for us to prioritize exercise because we have a bigger guilt and a more intense almost like calling two words going there yeah because we want to practice what we preach we know the importance it's just basically a big part of our lives but like let's talk maybe like we're not as passionate about our i don't know dental health or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean maybe we're not flossing every every night or whatever because mm. we're not in the field but maybe a dentist who knows the importance what? Maybe they would. So it's just the whole analogy of the doctors don't smoke. I can't say anything about that, but like, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like sometimes when we're in like, the do you field, think every, like, do you think all physios would be on top of their... Anecdotally, I feel like a lot of us are in the process of it. Or a lot of times also self-selection. Like we end up selecting into the field because we were athletes before. Or we're already interested in health and wellness, so we go into it. Mm. I feel like the motivation behind people who go into the field just ends up being more passionate about being well-rounded human beings. That's what I've noticed about the physios in my life, including you, including some of our colleagues. Like, We just care about all-rounded well-being. Mm. How know? about you? Like, well, how would you reflect on like, what your life was like before you got into the program, like right before, and then after mm -hmm. you got into the program, and now you're one year. Yeah, right? so I feel like I was a slightly different case from a lot of the people that I was in the class with because I was never really a huge athlete. Like I played soccer and all, and I did karate, but I wasn't really into it. And I had my own injuries and issues that I was trying to rehab. But that, I was still passionate about figuring it out because I knew the importance. So I went into the field. Once I went in, learning all these things, 
almost use myself as a method of experimentation and then continue to do so, right? As a method of experimentation to figure out what seems to work, what's not really working, and what are the barriers to some of these things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it gave me a bit of a interesting perspective and almost like put myself in the shoes of some patients. So sometimes I can use my own examples to say, oh, this exercise really helped me with my shoulder, for example, or like with my squat depth, things like that, that I've been working on. So I feel like it's something that we can help our patients take on themselves too. I'm right beside you. Like I'm almost like your guide on this journey because I've been through it too, rather than thinking... Yeah, exactly. Like you, I already gained so much value from all these experiences through health, wellness, physio, PT journey that now, and I think a lot of us can do this too, just accept the value that you have and just understand not everyone already, like they don't know as much as you. So just provide what you can and they're going to benefit. And that's how I've used my own journey too, for sure. It's interesting, like it's all, it's almost like your your path to becoming or selecting your career was based on a passion that you had to fix the issues that you experienced in your own life. But in the meantime, in the path to try to find the right blueprint to kind of address some of the issues that you had by trialing in air. Like I kinda of saw you in school too, you were you were playing with certain exercises, you would tell me to check your range and then you'd be like, Okay, how about this? Like how about that? Like how does this mm-hmm. feel? You would plug and play a yeah. lot and and that allowed you to kinda of like masterfully like craft a blueprint that works for your body. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that like the blueprint that you have applies to everyone, but no, no, like, not at all. would you say would you say like you bring out that that blueprint to say that look like this is what I did at step one two and three you're not at step zero like I was you're more along like step two like so this is where I like not like explicitly saying it like this but like you kind of like right away know exactly what phase they're in in terms of the blueprint that you built for yourself and then you kind of progress from there yeah I feel like a lot of it is I understand the mental barriers mm. in each phase, right? Mm. So I know how, well, one, I know how overwhelming it is to start in the first place. So I'm really mindful to give people like really basic things, almost like giving them something that's easy at the start just to get them over that barrier to entry, give them some confidence some wins, you know what I mean? So like, like for example, let's say I'm trying to help you with your squat depth, something like that we're going to elevate the heels at the beginning mm. even just for the confidence you of, hated that i hated it and i know <laughs> I, I yeah exactly it, you've been through this whole process with me i hated yeah. that shit but <laughs> it, it hurts your ego but then once you start to own get a little bit deeper now we slowly take it off and then now we've kind of eased off of that that barrier to entry right mm. so I, I i totally understand the mental like oh man i just want to do it myself i don't want to have this thing with me right that's gonna yeah. support me but i'm able to explain it from my own perspective at the same time like not saying that everyone's gonna have the same issues that i did yeah but it just gives me a lot of options that i know work right mm. like i know that if we work on this specific range of your hip is going to get you deeper, right? Right. If you work on this specific area of your ankle, it'll get you more comfortable. And that's yeah. something that I've seen not just with me, but with a lot of people. Yeah. So like before, at the start of physio, I couldn't really squat that deep. Now I can make it, but as soon as the weight gets heavy, it, it, it gets, gets cut off, right? Mm-hmm. So then now that's a totally different stage where now now you're starting to work on how to manage load with the range of motion but just learning that process Mm. with myself now i kind of know how to do it with anyone and i I know how to get over that so i I think it's kind of been it's almost been a positive for me it's kind of weird i used to always be like oh man i'm gonna have to fix that before but now I'm looking at it, it ended up becoming a positive. Yeah, of course. It is a positive. Like, it's, um, it, it's, it sounds like whatever 
like struggle you went through was very like you versus you kind of thing but then what you realize is that the long path that you have been on and you're going to continue down on you're going to utilize it as a means of not just continuing to make yourself better but the people around you also better too right like that's that's all you can hope for as a not only as a great like physio but as a good human being right like that's oh yeah for sure and in all all aspects of life like something i teach my brother too is if i can do it you can definitely do it i've Mm. seen it and i think that's a good way to spin like a lot of challenges in your life so i'm listening to this i have a bunch of audiobooks i need to listen to but right now i'm listening to one by 50 cent it's called hustle harder hustle smarter right have you read it no i haven't 50 cent always makes me laugh yeah he's hilarious (laughs) But he he's super honest on in that audiobook, not just obviously on how he's a great businessman and has a huge TV show and sold millions of albums, whatever, right? But he's like, yeah. yep, these are my flaws with family, and this is how I messed up with my first son, but now with my second son, this is what I'm how I'm applying those lessons, and if I can do it, you can definitely do it, right? That's like yeah. that's like one big thing I took away from him, like. Yeah coming from the streets being a drug dealer and then flipping it around and like being an almost an executive in the corporate world and then him mm-hmm. saying like you literally in, in like a, a way not to sugarcoat it but there isn't really an excuse you know mm-hmm. so in that way it's like lovingly calling you forward to say yo like if i fucking did that you can definitely do it right and that's what i'm starting to see in my yeah. own life too like looking back at certain issues that i had yeah. and now the person that i'm now like damn bro like you really turned this turned this game around right yes and i think if we all instead of looking at where we're at right now we really imagine like man what if my shoulder's fine like imagine like imagine i'm like throwing this baseball full force and my shoulder doesn't feel sharp pain right what would that mm-hmm. feel like what is it what does it feel like for me to regain that in my life mm-hmm. right and it helps to have someone there to guide that process. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I like that one. Um, another question for you then. Um, what do you find is the biggest motivation? Oh, I shouldn't say motivation. But almost like one of those things that allows you to see the buy-in from your patients um, or clients. Where they're like... Oh, like, okay, I got to do this. Is it, yeah, I'm not even going to, like, fo- like, lead that question for you at all. Like, what do you what do you feel like is one of those things that you kind of see your clients go, oh, crap, like, I got to be able to do this. What do you, what, what, what's something that comes to your mind when I ask you that? Exactly what I was just saying before. Like, mm. just being the biggest hype man. <laughs> like, just being yeah. the, like, when they're, like for example, I have this one guy. He had a proximal tibial fracture recently. His he's he got his leg immobilized. And now we're trying to get his knee bend back, right? Yeah. That hurts a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. It hurts. I know it hurts, right? Right. Did you have one too? I like, like I've had a broken bone before, so I know like trying to gain that. Like I know it's painful to regain it after it's been immobilized. Maybe I don't know his specific amount of pain. But you know the way I, broken yeah. So the way we get over the way and that a broken heart question mark. Nah, nah, only bones. So the way that the way that we almost like get him to buy in on that is just like I'm literally just like bending his knee and going like, yo, just imagine this thing going past ninety in a few weeks. You're gonna be so thankful that we did this. Like it's gonna pay off. Just remember that. Remember what what the goal is, right? And we really like try to be super specific on what the goal is. Like in previous episodes, me and you have talked about that. Like, what's the goal? Like, what? And even you said something that I actually started using, by the way. But saying like, what is the point at which you decided? Okay, it's time for me to get this checked out. You remember, remember we talked about that at some point. Yes. Yeah. So shout I actually. Shout out to Daryl. Shout out to Daryl. Shout out Daryl Yardley. So, <laughs> so, like, when you understand what really made them come you can understand their goal a bit better along with just asking them and you keep reminding them of that throughout the entire session you give them a couple small wins 
you remind them of the small wins which are really easy to forget when you're on a, on a week-to-week basis like sometimes people fall into the trap going like okay it's not 100 percent yet and we always end up focusing like what's left like what's the negatives right but yeah. i'll be like bro like i would never have been able to see you doing going that high with your shoulder before and they're like oh wait you're actually right like i, I couldn't do that before and that entire like way of thinking about it changes because now you put them in you know winning mindset rather than a shit it's not fixed yet i thought it would be done by now mindset that's something that i found really helpful yes i, I like that man that's really good like just a reminder of this is where we were this is where we're at um that's a very good like way to look at it because objectively you have to always 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 remind people how it's looking i know if you go only by feeling and and just the pain like obviously you want to be pain free Mm -hmm. like there are so many strategies that you can apply that do alleviate symptoms Mm -hmm. right but short-term relief is generally what happens right? like you can get relief by even taking like it sounds ridiculous but take take a Tylenol 3 and most of your pain will dial down mm-hmm. right but does that mean that the issue's gone no like exactly the, the issue is not so much the concern the concern is how that issue is affecting your life yeah so if you can understand like that question that that we talked about you can understand what it is that the patient is basically most concerned about like i had a patient who said recently that um i'm 38 and my low back pain i couldn't put on my shoes in front of my kids and i used to be an athlete i started Mm -hmm. crying so a lot of the times like a lot of the times like patients kind of explain to you like it is that is limited in their life and how that limit is causing them an emotional response and there's mm-hmm. always always an emotional response so like from anecdotally there's a, a like an emotional response associated to the pain that they experience like oh man i wish i could i used to be able to squat this much and i'm only able to do body weight squats and i still feel pain yeah right like it, there's an emotional piece to it and if mm-hmm. you ask a follow-up question saying what are your goals most of the p- patients say i want to be pain-free yeah i want you to fix me but then that doesn't really do much for you because you're just sitting there like okay like i gotta figure out exactly what's happening on top of that i gotta make sure that their pain is decreased and we don't know if it's addressing the things that they actually need to do because like i don't know if they're like running is causing the pain i don't know if walking is causing like you don't know anything you're kind of going in blind and trying to fix a lot of things right um so it's, it's interesting when you when you say that like being a hype man and and reminding people of what their wins are and how those little wins are kind of going closer to the big win is 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 part of the the win right like yeah yeah. it's almost like when you're living with someone you don't know if they're losing weight or gaining weight because you kind of see them every single day but you have (laughs) to keep like you have to keep like if you put them on a scale every week you'd be like oh look you're actually getting better like you you lost this much weight or look like <laughs> like you're actually able to do this you did one pull up you did you did three now like re- like if you don't really pay attention to it and write it down somewhere write down things that like you're measuring yeah, and see yeah. if there's a change in that like thing that you're measuring over time what you're zooming into mm-hmm. allows you to get lost in the in the shit yeah, you were playing with fire there for a bit, but why? You were playing with fire. Why? You were like what? you're like, oh yeah, the person you live with, you're not sure if they're losing or gaining weight. I was like, ooh, this I just, my person's gaining weight. That's all I know. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, but fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But in any other situation, uh, I was like, this wait, man, wait, wait, this man's sleeping clear. on the couch. <laughs> this man's I sleeping should... on the couch today. <laughs> I, I should clarify, my, my, my wife is pregnant, that's why I'm saying that. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, all the best for that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a good save there, for sure. Yes. I don't know if that saved it, to be honest. I think it did, fair enough. <laughs> you gotta have that much, we gotta have that much room to slide, you know? Yeah. We're just men at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, I just think, I just think in general, not even just as a practitioner, but I think it's very important to have a vision, right? Mm. It's like, okay, this is where we're going. 
this is where we're at mm. and you have to be honest with the positives of that place yep. and the negatives of that place you yep. that can bring up emotions it's okay right yep. even in your even personally like that's something that's helped me a lot yep. it's okay for that to bring up emotions yep. but it's what you do with the emotion that truly will define if you're gonna end up go- where you want to go and your present day quality of life right that's i try to do that with patients too it's like okay maybe it does frustrate you you still have pain right there's positives but there are also negatives what's one of the negatives you didn't really do your exercises that much right maybe that maybe that's effect that frustrates you but at the end of the day what are we going to do about it right i'm going to help you in terms of figuring out a good time for you to do them a good plan maybe they're too difficult maybe yeah Maybe they're too hard, right? We can talk about it. Yeah. But if there's an emotion that comes up from your end, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, I'm too lazy or whatever, well, that's something that is your responsibility too. I agree. And that, in that way, like, I'll never sugarcoat it with them. They say, no, like, I'm not sugarcoating shit either. Like, I'm, I'm totally on transparent about your progress. I'm transparent about the stuff you got to do. And yeah. I, think, I think that makes you get, you're, you're trustworthy. Because you, oh, yeah. you know I'm not just like telling you stuff just for the sake of being agreeable. I'm never mm. going to do that either. Because then that's also fake. Like the false positivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. gold can go in the opposite way too. But yeah, that's that's just what I believe in general about life. Mm. No, I agree. I think um, one of the biggest things I'm kind of playing with nowadays um in terms of finding motivation from my clients is instead of keeping stuff in my head I kind of just tell them exactly what I'm thinking even if it's a lot of jargon right mm-hmm. and I just tell them look like your your stability your anti-rotation strength is not good right does it ever confuse okay. them like do they ever go like that just confused the fuck out of me. Like what? Yeah, like, it does. What, I tell why? them, I'm like, look, I'm like, look, like, I'll be real with you. Like first assessment day, I'm always like, look, like there's going to be a lot of information that I'm probably going to spew at you. You're probably only going to remember 10, 20, 30% of it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that that's on you. It's not, it's not like that. You'll step out and you'll be like, okay, so this is wrong. With, this is what's wrong with me. I got to work on this. I got to breathe. I got to work on my core. God, dude, okay, cool, okay, all right. And then you go home and you have to drive your kids to like school or something like that and you'll you'll just forget things, right? Like yeah. if someone tries to tell me a bunch of things for about an hour, how much of that am I going to really retain if I'm just listening, right? I'm not even writing anything down. It's yeah. not going to be much. Um, mm-hmm. So what I do is I kind of just tell patients exactly what's going on in my head and where I'm kind of like thinking and where I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a little confused about that. I kind of, I literally, I'm like just saying exactly what's on my mind. Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not like sugarcoating it, like you said, but I'm also just being honest because I don't want any smokes and screams with my patients. Yeah. Like I'm just like literally like, okay, I think your shoulders kind of bugging out over here. It's losing its like rhythm right here. Do you feel that? And and usually they say, yeah, you know what? I kind of do feel that bring awareness to that first and I'll, then mm-hmm. i say now look like there could be a lot of different things that are causing this it could be a weak this it could be a weak that it could be a nerve usually it's a nerve it could be your breathing it could be your posture maybe it could be it could be anything it could be your running it could be the fact that you have a work from like if you're just working from home too long mm-hmm. it could be a lot of different things right but we don't know exactly what it is but the way that we can address it is try these two different things and then we'll go from there mm-hmm. The thing that I find the biggest mm, like turning points for, for my, my clients in general in the population, and this would be the same thing for me too, is if I make them do a test that like, okay, like, you know what, like in this test, it should feel like this, right? And it doesn't sound that absurd. When you see the test, you're like, you know what, I should be able to do it. You show them for a second. You're not trying to show them the full, like, this is what a pass looks like, but you show them what what it is and you show them what you expect and then usually when they fall short they're like that's when it goes why is that happening and mm-hmm. then they try the same thing again and again they're like it's not working on this side and then you make them do the other side and they're like it works fine here it feels different on this side what's wrong with this side 
Mm. Right? As soon as that happens, that's when the the patient, I think, has that moment where they're like, okay, like there's something wrong. What's an example of one of those tests? I love um, a lot of like nervous system related feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, So the biggest test that I love and shout out to Calm Physio and and Tom Swales and the whole staff there for teaching me this. Um, We look at the toe touch a lot, Mm -hmm. right? It's just an example. Like a lot of people when you go home, even if you're listening to this stand up or wherever you're walking, doing whatever, try to touch your toes standing up, okay? See where your hands kind of land. Do they land right past the knees? Do they go all the way down and you're able to touch the ground easily? Are you feeling a stretch in your hamstrings? Because generally people say, oh, my hamstrings are tight. Mm. Um, I want to say 80 to 90% of the time, I don't stretch any of my patient's hamstrings. I haven't done it once. Mm. Maybe I might have done it like during my internships, but I've never passively stretched someone's hamstrings for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Have I released? Yes. Released is different for me than just sitting there and stretching because mm-hmm. when you touch your toes, you're like, oh, it feels so tight back there, right? Mm-hmm. Generally, what we find from that is we kind of see, it's like a, it's like a, in my head, how I see it, it's like, it's almost like a slump test, right? Like your body's kind of folding over but you're controlling your lower back and everything to kind of get yourself down there. So there's a lot of moving parts to it. Sometimes people get stuck in the lower back, so they use their hamstrings quite a bit. That's generally what I see. Mm -hmm. Um, So I use that as a feedback. I make them do two or three different exercises, usually breathing, maybe legs up on the wall and doing like a little decompression for the spine and just breathing in that position for like maybe, maybe like a minute max. And then you stand, get, stand them up and try to do a, a retest. Generally speaking, I'm not saying this applies to everyone, but their toe touch improves. And then they say, like, we didn't even stretch my hamstring. And mm. I'm like, I know. So what that tells you is that instead of thinking my hamstrings are always tight, you have to think that there's something else that's going on, right? Maybe it just might be that your body needs a little bit of feedback in your lower back to kind of open up your toe touch a little better, right? If you do the same test in, in a slump position, you can kind of see different segments where you carry the most tension. If mm. you find that C-spine extension actually improves your slump tolerance, then maybe you need to work at the neck. And it might it, it has been the case where if you stabilize the neck, then, then maybe their ability to move certain segments actually gets better too, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the tests that I try to do, I try to retest in a way where we don't necessarily work localized we try to do broad concepts. Breathing. Can you die? Can you expand your, like damn rib cage? Can you mm-hmm. do that? Can you tilt your pelvis into a posterior tilt without over crunching your rectus abdominis? Like, can you, can you hold a, like a plank position and make sure that your pelvis doesn't tip anteriorly? Like mm-hmm. these are the things that I kind of try to focus on and see if we can improve the thing that we originally tested interesting stuff yeah that's where i think everyone can learn a lot from different people and single leg sometimes balance we yeah single leg balance is a good good place to start too like you, you can stand up right now go on that one leg and try to see if you can hold it for 10 seconds see if you're wobbling a lot and then if you're like okay i got the 10 seconds Willie, that was easy then Go on the same foot after taking a little break and close your eyes and see if you can do it for 10 seconds and see which direction your body's kind of falling towards, mm-hmm. right? Simple things and test it with the other side to see if it's the same, if it's reacting differently, become in tune with what's happening with your body. Yeah. I don't do as much breathing or neural control work as you, but the one thing that I took from that, that I do as well is mm. test retest you mm. find you find a test or a movement yeah. you try based on a theory that you have about why it's happening you try yeah. certain things and then you retest it and I, I think that's a really good way to work and again like just to top it all off and sum it all up right it, it it's back to the fundamentals every everyone 
the way that we were taught, the way that we, we came up. We can share tools, but we're all going to have the fundamentals of how we work. Yep. And a lot of those fundamentals are going to be the same. Yeah. Now, some certain things might be different, which is why some people get better with one practitioner than they don't get better with another person. Oh, that's, yeah. That's where... 100%. That happens 100%. a lot. Like there's some people that come to me and they've gone like four other goddamn physios before, but we're the one who got them better. Sure, you've gone through the exact same thing, especially with how unique your approach is. Once yeah. we, that, and there's probably people that I couldn't get better that someone else is going to get better. But yeah. at the end of the day, there's certain fundamental principles that like test, retest, understand their barriers to entry, figure oh, yeah. out what their demands are. What do they even care about? Oh, yeah. How do we take advantage of that and leverage that to create motivation and buy-in within the sessions? How do we, yeah. how do we get them started? Mm-hmm. And then from there, we, we have our technical fundamentals. But yeah, so many ways to do it, man. Yeah, well, I love it, man. Well, we could go for three hours. Yeah. But I feel like that's a good place for us to end for today. Yep. It's fun, man. We gotta do it more often. Maybe we should try um, with doing this a little bit more and try to cover um, specific topics. Maybe we should go. Oh, what do you think about the neck? What can people apply for their neck right away? Yeah. What are simple strategies to do for work from home people? What are some simple strategies for people who are in the gym? How do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you? What are your thoughts? How do you train your? Like shoulders, how do you train your et cetera, et cetera, and kind of just hit like a series that way. I think it's interesting. Both of us, yeah, like we just open our toolbox and kind of look inside each other's bag, like, oh shit. Yeah, I, I feel that's great. That yeah, like we 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 can. I think if like if we got like five physios and we just all just talked about how we would treat someone, we yeah. would learn so much crap, just from the tiny differences we all had in our yeah. education, and then somebody else who's listening would get five extra things that they didn't know either because yep. that's what they need i think it's good for sure so whoever's listening if you have any ideas about stuff that you want us to talk about you have your own takes on anything we discussed today um give us a shot and we're gonna probably continue on doing this more frequently talking about things more personal as well rather than just physio but yeah there's so a lot to talk about man life crazy stuff man crazy stuff for sure all right guys this has been the pt lens podcast tune in next time peace Peace.